Today's episode is sponsored by the RevOps experts at Fullcast. With me is their head of customer success, Tyler Simons. Hey, Tyler. Revenue efficiency, sales productivity are everything today. How does Fullcast's go-to-market planning platform help RevOps teams achieve these types of goals? Well, Fullcast lets you build better territories so that the right resources are always focused on the right opportunities. When reps are motivated and zeroed in on their targets, they'll be more successful and bring in more revenue. That sounds great. I do a lot of that planning in spreadsheets today and I'm pretty happy with my spreadsheets. How is Fullcast any better than that? You must get rid of the spreadsheets because (laughs) spreadsheets create lag and errors. With Fullcast, planning and updating happen automatically all in one place. Best of all, it automates all common headache-inducing planning activities like territory rebalancing, account hierarchies, routing, and more. So when you're faced with those go-to-market plan changes, which, you know what, they happen all the time, Fullcast has your back. All right, you got me convinced. Where do I learn more about Fullcast? Our website, fullcast.io. Hey everyone, welcome to Operations, the show where we look under the hood of companies in hypergrowth. My name is Sean Lee. There's a role that I've always been intrigued by as an operator, a role I've observed, I had questions about, something I've even aspired to do myself at times, but I've had a hard time wrapping my arms around it until I met today's guest. The role I'm talking about is the role of the general manager or the GM. And on today's episode, we're lucky to be joined by Kathleen Schindler, General Manager of Ascender, a new platform and community by Force Management. What's interesting about Kathleen and Ascender is that it's basically a startup within a very well-established and successful company, Force Management. If you're not familiar, Force Management is a well-known and well-regarded sales training company known for its experienced trainers. You may have heard of or used their command of the message methodology in the past. And Kathleen had already been at Force Management for nearly a decade when she took on this new GM role for this brand new product. In our conversation, Kathleen answers my questions about what it means to be a GM. We dive into how you stay true to your ideal customer when building a new product. And Kathleen teaches me what it means to be a lurker in a community. To start, though, I asked Kathleen to take me back to what was happening within force management when the catalyst for starting Ascender came about. We're a private equity-backed entity, and a couple summers ago, we had a recapitalization event. So we've got some, some new private equity folks that are now on our board, and they're wonderful and very supportive. And we've always had folks reaching out to us alumni, if you will, of some of our trainings and consulting engagements that we've done saying, hey, how do I stay connected to you? Or like, I love your stuff. I'm at a new company. How do I keep up to speed? We've always had our podcasts, which are wonderful too, if you want to check them out in addition to Sean's. (laughs) (laughs) But we wanted to actually, there's been folks that have been pinging us too saying, hey, I'm going to an A-round company. This is really new for me. The team is super green. It's been founder-led. I'm the I'm like one of the first go to market individuals. How do we make sure we're all humming as an organization? So there were kind of two catalysts, like the individual contributor perspective, wanting to like just stay sharp, 
and tied to kind of that elite is earned mentality. And then the folks that are making a leap and going to a new company, maybe first time in a head of sales type of role or a head of CS type of role at an early, early stage organization. And how do they set up the right footing and right foundation to ideally accelerate that go-to-market fit stage and make sure they can and scale appropriately and the right moments and really getting the team aligned. So there's like two catalysts, I would say, the individual contributor side and the early stage venture side. So people are reaching out, you're hearing this signal loud and clear from your customer base, but you guys don't have necessarily something to to meet the need of that signal that you're hearing. And so like force management isn't a small operation. Like how do you go from hearing that signal to hey, I think we have an opportunity here to actually put something brand new into the market that is totally unique and distinct from what people know us for. For sure. I mean, again, it was just like the right moment in time. Everybody coming out of the pandemic was growing, accelerating. We were we were growing as well, along with all the other tech companies out there. And I think it was just the right time. Like I said, we had some new folks that were on our board that were super supportive of this. And then I I think I was mentioning to you earlier, my partner in crime on this is Rachel Clapp Miller, who runs a lot of our marketing. And she's the one that runs our podcast. And we were both hearing this. And so we're like, hey, let's let's see if we can do this. And what does doing this mean? I mean, it it ended up being a sender, which is awesome. And you can kind of check that out at ascender.co. But we were going through like, do we build? Do we buy? Do we white label? Like, how do we put this together? So there's great content to keep people sharp. There's great courses and certifications that really help accelerate careers. And then there's also community where you can tap into other folks like yourself, as well as like our experts. So we were trying to figure out how do we, how do we do this and go to market within a short period of time? Cause we all know what it's like to build platforms out there. We all know what that's like, and it can be thousands of lives, tons of dollars. Like how do we, how do we bring something to market reasonably quick too? Cause we were hearing all those signals and we wanted to be responsive. So it was just all the points came together at the right moment for us to, to, to bring this to market. This all happened pretty fast for Kathleen. They were hearing this signal from the force management customers, particularly from alums of their courses and from folks at smaller companies that might not have the resources to invest in a full force management engagement. So instead of just saying, sorry, we don't do that, they reacted by deciding to build this brand new offering, which became a sender. Content, courses, and community, all from scratch. And we'll get more into how they decided to build what they did and how they pulled it off. But it all starts with Kathleen being named the GM of this new thing. So how did she, nearly a decade into her time at force management, find herself well-positioned for this role? I think part of it is like, I've always enjoyed building and it could be building teams and now lately building a platform. But when I actually joined Force the first, it was almost 10 years ago. I think next month will be 10 years. I've known the founders for a while, but I actually was at a, a company and I called them and said, hey, we could really use your help. And it was actually, hey, Kathleen, we could really use your help. We're going to build our first local team in Boston. And that's how I ended up joining. And so I was part of our, called it the delivery team, but it's basically the entire consulting organization based in Boston. Then I took on a 
CS role and and building that out, which includes, you know, everybody's typical CSMs and managing our subscription offerings, but also our services post-training. And then after doing that for a number of years, I love working with the early stage company. I I love people that are passionate about what they do and and how it matters to them and their community. And so the opportunity to build this was like, yes, heck yes, let's do this. So... And so help make that real for folks. Like what is the scope of the GM, right? And like, yeah. the short answer is probably everything, but like, how do you think about kind of your North star as the leader of this product? Yeah. So it's staying true to our ICP, which at the beginning is individual contributor. And we started very like our average, average rep. We've expanded to BDRs and first line manager roles, but it's individual contributor focused and then early stage. So just staying true to that. And what does that mean? Like, how do we build a great platform that meets their needs? So we did the research. I have full responsibility for that PNL, which is scary in itself too, because in that first year when we were building and we had zero revenue, that all matters. Like, did we have overruns and did it take us an extra few couple sprints to do this thing that we thought was just one? And so having that at least in the first year before we were in market, just building out the team. And I was a product marketer. I was never a product leader before this. So being able to find the right people to actually build our platform and make it awesome and really focus on the user, like again, individual contributor, early stage team was really critical. So, And now my focus is is still that, but it's also now that we've been in market for a year. It's like the renewals and how is that moving? And do we have true product market fit here? Can we explore that product piece a little bit? Because yeah. I feel like for operations folks, if they're more likely than not coming at their role from a go-to-market background, I feel like that blind spot that you had on actual product development is probably incredibly common for operations leaders who might want to become GMs. So how did you kind of help yourself Know it, recognizing first that you had that blind spot. How did you then like put yourself in a position where you could have, you know, productive and meaningful conversations with the people who were building this brand new product? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I had, I think first when we were doing, going through the evaluation of build versus buy versus even partner to was actually like having great resources on our board and external folks that were, had done this before something similar, built great communities or just having those conversations first and building that network really helped me to figure out who's a great person that's going to really own this platform for us and make sure it's really geared toward the user. So that was insanely helpful. And some of it's a little bit of luck too, because we found a brilliant person to help who's spearheaded building the platform and owning that product and platform piece. But again, like I think it's part of it again is networking and just being self-aware that you do have some gaps that you may need to round out, but hiring wonderful people who are brilliant at what they do and can kind of make make up for your shortcomings, if you will, or and they shine in what they do. So it's like really, really important to build that team. But I, for me, it started out through my network to to figure out how to, you know, where do I go for this? Like, what did you do? What worked well? And I love like podcasts are great for that because you guys bring on great guests and you can like, even the ones I listened to recently from you guys, I mean, I, I always learn a couple things that I can take away and action myself, which is awesome. When I hear Kathleen talk about the role of the GM, a few things jump out at me. First, she is the keeper of the ideal customer. 
She had the research and the voice of the customer to back up the focus on the individual contributor salesperson at early stage companies. And her job was to keep everyone focused on delivering for that role. Another thing that she's responsible for is confirming that this new thing that they're building actually has product market fit, much like a CEO of an early stage company. And lastly, she is incredibly self-aware about her own blind spots. The GM role, much like many revenue operations roles, has a broad scope. So you have to identify your own strengths and weaknesses and surround yourself with people who complement you, which Kathleen did with the product leader for Ascender. All of these focus areas remind me of the early stage founders we work with at Mine at Light. And in reality, Ascender is a startup within the more mature walls of force management. Kathleen told me that they weren't beholden to the needs of the core business, but they could still rely on force management for feedback and resources as they tested these new approaches. And like any new venture, they needed to quickly figure out the needs of their customer base and whether or not their offering solved pains for that customer. So how did Kathleen and her team do that? We had assumptions early on that was like, hey, maybe we can launch with our minimal viable or lovable product with just, you know, the daily content and the courses and the certs. But when we talked to reps out there and we had some research done too, but it was very clear that having access to a community to tap into was really important for folks, especially when, because we want to help drive career progression, right? For our individual contributors in whatever they're doing, whether it's BDR or commercial rep, commercial rep to enterprise, but like they want to learn from folks that have done it before or just just tap into that network. So that became really important. And we added that in maybe in the 11th hour before we launched, but we hired an awesome community leader to help spearhead that. Again, hiring the right people is so critical on this. But that really became, I learned a lot from that research that we did early on where it said, hey, we, we want this community. And that's actually been a huge part of the success so far in our first year has been that community factor for Ascender. And when you're such a small team, like how do you go about kind of translating the research findings into execution, right? Like there's not that many of you, you're, you're, you're probably all hearing, you know, slightly different versions of similar feedback every single call, every single day. And so when you have such a small group of people, like how did you kind of tactically ingest that information and then use that to decide, okay, we actually do need to make this tweak to the product or we do need to make this change to our go-to-market. What was that kind of life cycle look like for you all as you were getting this thing off the ground? I mean, we were in daily standups with the development. So we were totally linked in. It was, again, the beauty of a small team, right? We were all linked in together with what was happening We had daily touch points on stuff. Some of it was higher level strategic stuff, like the community factor. Some of it's like really in the weeds, but we had daily touch points. And that I think was so critical for everybody to stay on the same page or just share learnings and feedback of what they were hearing. The other thing is, again, like I mentioned, support from leadership. So we have our operating cadence involved, like our CEO and CFO weekly, the board monthly, just to get this going. Because this was like our board would tell us, hey, this sounds more venture-like than private equity-like. We feel a little uncomfortable about this because this is not normally what we do. So I think just the support from the leadership and the board on that was part of our cadence. So again, like daily touch points with the 
the team and the developers and everybody was, so we were all linked. I didn't even think about that, but that's such a good point around like, you're also managing the internal perception that folks have of this, like kind of new thing that's popping up amongst like all this very well proven out and like longstanding practices of force management. How did you go about managing that perception? Was there was there certain metrics that you used to kind of say, okay, this is how we're going to measure our success, or was it more storytelling? Like, how did you how did you navigate that? I think in the beginning it was a bit of storytelling because we had to we had to show, hey, from the folks that we were going to build this for that that there was a true need. I mean, there's stuff in the market too that is similar in different facets, but we had to kind of show the market relevance. <laughs> We had to go through our own, like, what's the TAM on the, you know, like every, every founder has to do that and build out the business case for it. So it was a bit of storytelling. And then we put our assumptions together. I mean, our big one obviously was like speed to market initially, because we said, Hey, if we do it this way, we could actually get there just as fast as white labeling, you know, like there was some stuff that we, we learned in the, in our research and before we built, even built anything that again, we shared with the board again on a monthly basis. And then, so it's like, it went from storytelling to the numbers, but, and it's still like a bit of storytelling because now I'm seeing trends, right. And I share that with our leadership team and say, here's what this means for early stage companies, but, and here's how it comes to life with a story, right? Like, so there's still a little bit of that. Because you need to, you need the metrics, but you need to tell a story. The data points are there, but you still need to tell a story. This episode is sponsored by Fullcast, the company that helps operators build better sales territories. Their platform focuses the right sellers on the right opportunities, making them unstoppable. And the cherry on top? Fullcast automates common go-to-market activities like territory rebalancing, account hierarchies, routing, and more. So the plan is always in sync with operations. With Fullcast, say goodbye to go-to-market planning headaches and hello to your own personal planning assistant. Learn more about Fullcast today by visiting fullcast.io. Okay, back to Kathleen. Before the break, Kathleen told us about the catalyst for starting Ascender within force management and her role as the GM in creating this new venture. I was pretty open with Kathleen that I feel a little bit of community overload right now with how many of these things are popping up all the time. I also find it increasingly difficult to separate the fluff from the valuable advice. Now that she's built her own community and done a ton of research into other offerings, I wanted to learn from her the true utility that she's finding in what they're building at Ascender. So again, besides being a product leader or not being a product leader, community was also a blind spot for me because I'm also one of those folks, I call them lurkers, right? Like I'll join a community, but I'll look at the postings and I'm not one of those people that's like always asking questions or anything like that. So I am one of those I'm engaged in a in the sense, but I'm not super active in terms of my my output, I would say, in the community. So I have that in the back of my mind is like this is how I engage with communities. But I again networking to really understand that. Like I was all over trying to understand from some of the best and brightest on community building. And we hired Joe Huber, who's amazing. If anybody's thinking about building community, he's such a great resource. But he's teaching me every day about community. And I'm always, especially with um, having this kind of startup within 
force management, like moving really fast, expecting to see like immediate results. And Joe's Joe's done this several times. He was at Sprout. He's like, it takes time, right? To change behaviors, to create these rituals and things like that. But we're seeing like even this summer when I thought it would slow down because everybody's just enjoying their life. We've been seeing a lot of uptick and community activity building through this summer because I think people are realizing, oh, there's these great, we have events. So we view community as events, discussions, forums, groups, of course, but we've seen a lot of folks jump into the live events and some of these small teams that maybe don't have enablement or enablement's a hobby for them, they view this as like a great way to provide that additional training for their teams. And then they bring it back to their own team meetings the following week to really make it come to life. So it's just like, I've been learning a ton about community and I've always been so surprised to see what people are engaging with, what makes them put out something on LinkedIn that says, Hey, great session last week on a center. And like, I just, I, I never know what's going to actually like flip the switch for somebody, but it's really fascinating to see the data when, when it comes back. I found that there's like this, this like psychological aspect to it of hearing it from third parties or hearing it from people outside of the four walls of your company for whatever reason carries more weight, right? You can probably speak to this better than I can from your 10 years of force management, right? Like there's something there, like you could produce the exact same piece of content, the exact same type of training internally, and people will find more value and be more open to that external one. Like, why is that? Why do people seek that out? And they find that to be the thing that actually is what makes it click for them. I don't know. That's why consulting is, exists as a business, right? <laughs> whether, whether you're BCG, McKinsey, I think a lot of people is like, but they want the validation. I think there's the validation point of view, but like with what we often see is a way to help you get further faster with it. So a lot of folks can say like, we can do a lot of this messaging or we can do great qualification ourselves. But when you put it into a, a logical framework and you have a very clear process of how to go about doing it and you've got proof that it's worked before, I think people tend to buy in more and then you see the rapid. There's gonna, there's always going to be skeptics, right? But you're going to convert some of them and then everybody else is going to come along in the journey. So I feel like I mean, consulting is a huge business <laughs> globally. I used to work at PwC back in the day. But yeah, it's like part of it's validation because you just want to be very sure of, of what you're proposing. So some of it's, some of it's like that too. It's like, I think it's human nature. <laughs> I think a key ingredient to Ascender's success is that their community is pre-stocked with these wildly impressive experts from force management's own team. Whether you're a lurker like Kathleen or a super active, engaged member, you're going to get value because the first thing in your feed inside of Ascender is literally a video from John Kaplan, the president and managing partner of force management. I know I can trust John and therefore I'm going to come back for more. Talk about being able to quickly distinguish between fluff and value. Look, I don't fish, but I know that fishermen go to lakes and ponds that are pre-stocked with fish. Recreational fishing is more fun that way. And Kathleen recognized that her competitive advantage was pre-stocking her community with experts that people would want to come to see and learn from. 
Yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you popped in to the community and see the discussions, you'll won't say 100% of the time, but the majority of the time you see a nice thoughtful response from one of our seasoned sales leaders that are in there that have, and again, seen this a mil- like play out a million times. I mean, we do get like some nice new questions that are popping up, especially around the AI trends and stuff, but like for the foundational sales skills and what works and how to be, you know, very outside in and your perspective with the buyer. I mean, sales is how many thousands of years old, right? So it's, it's really helpful, I think, to have those experts to tap into, especially for folks that have maybe it's been a year or two since they've seen us, you know, at their organization and they can say, Hey, just like I've got a new book of business. I'm trying to expand in these accounts. Like just help me get my my feet under me. And they ask a question, and then you get a response from like Patty Mac or Tim Cato, and you're like, Okay, yes, I can I can do this. I got this. Very reassuring. Yeah. And you're also making me think that this is kind of where communities go from here, right? It's this like kind of always on on demand thing, right? Because like you recognize the value of the community the most in the moment that you actually need it, right? And then you go and you ask your question or you research someone else who's asked that question in the past and you find the answer that solves the pain that you're feeling at that very specific moment. And that's the actual value to being a part of it. Am I thinking about that the right way for kind of how this thing evolves over the next few years? For sure. And I'm even seeing a little bit of this too in the data that's coming through, especially like since we've been in market for a year and I see a gentleman that said, hey, I'm going to pause, right? I'm going to pause for a little bit. But then he got the reminder email of an event we did last Friday and he joined it. So he's like, nope, I'm actually going to, this was really relevant for me in the moment and I'm back in. So I think you're totally spot on is it's nice to have the community that's always there, always on for when you need it. And it may be every week you tune in. It might be once a month, but it's like it's relevant for you when you need it at that moment in your career or where you're going with your team. So so we've hit this one year retrospective moment for you, right? You're spending this time to kind of take stock of, of where you're at and, and and where you're going. As the GM, like what's on the horizon? What's at the top of the list for you about kind of where your focus is for the next year? So we've had, you know, a ton of learnings in the past year. We're still very focused on our original hypothesis and thesis around individual contributors and early stage, which I'm thrilled about. We're also going to be leveraging a sender with all of our core customers. So if anybody engages with force, they'll see and leverage a sender. So the brilliant part of that is like that community, it's going to be the fastest growing community probably out there over the next few months, but it'll have all these highly engaged folks that have all gone through a similar experience, right? Like whether it's one of our trainings, depending on what engagement they've gone through. But there's that commonality of, hey, we've been in the similar boat together. We have a common language in this community too, which I think is critical. And we can we can have learnings together about you know how to leverage this, anything else that comes up. But again, we'll have that many more folks joining and participating and engaging in this community, which will be awesome to see that. So that's a big focus actually for the next three to six months is, is that we're calling it a sender plus. It's going to be out there in October, depending on when this podcast launches, but we're really We're really pumped about that, again, based on the success we've seen so far.
we go. At the end of each show, we're going to ask each guest the same lightning round of questions. Ready? Here we go. Best book you've read in the last six months? So I haven't finished it yet, but we have a family member who's going through their end of life. And I've been reading this book called Being Mortal. And it just brings stuff into perspective. And it's just, you know, giving me a, a way to help, I think, be supportive of family members. But it's just, it's not a business book by any stretch. But again, it just helps you appreciate kind of what's going on and just puts everything in perspective. So that's a nice recommendation if anybody's also experiencing that with their families or friends. That's awesome. And a good, helpful reminder of perspective that there's plenty going on outside of, of the, the work stuff that we do. For sure. All right. Favorite part about working in ops? So the cool thing I think with a ascenders, at least the way we originally built it, we were like, hey, we have all the data <laughs> in one, one spot. That was the original intent. So it would be easy to understand what the users are doing. But of course, we've added to our tech stack, right? Like everybody does. Famous last words. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just how do we bring all those signals together in one space every time we add something new into the mix? So it's always keeping us on our toes, I think, which is which is always fun. I might already know the answer to this next one then. Uh, least favorite part about working in ops. <laughs> that's, that's also it. <laughs> You're right. I mean, I was just talking to my colleague, Rachel, today, and I was like, oh, it'd be great if we can pull this in too, because I didn't think of that as a signal. And like some of it's on on me and like the way we're approaching it, but just like always learning about how customers might engage and even like how they're engaging on LinkedIn now with a sender. There's just so many pieces to bring together, which is, which is a great problem to have, but we need to bring that profile of the customer back into place so we're not missing anything. So we've got that whole thing. And like talk about putting yourself in the shoes of your customers, like all those reps that you're working with at early stage companies are also trying to figure out how to mm -hmm. ingest all these signals in their sales process. So like you are living what they're going through too, which I'm sure is going to be super helpful within the community. Yeah, for sure. All right. Someone who impacted you getting to the job you have today? I mean, honestly, it's our CEO Grant because he's the reason I popped over here in the first place to force management to, you know, build that team, initial team. And again, just putting a lot of trust and faith in myself and my, my colleague, Rachel, again, just, and letting us like run with it too, like, which has been awesome. It's just letting us run, letting us move fast, letting us fall on our faces a bit and figuring it out. He's been a great partner in all this too. So I think the last 10 years have been phenomenal in my learning journey. But like, honestly, with Ascender, I feel like that was super, super accelerated, which has been great. That's awesome. All right. Last one. One piece of advice for people who want to have your job someday. Try everything. Say yes to new opportunities. Don't be afraid of trying something new that seems a little bit out of your wheelhouse. Just be open to it. And like, you'll, you'll, I don't know, you could end up with a GM, you could, your career could go at a different trajectory that you never even deemed possible. So yeah, say yes. Thanks so much to Kathleen for joining us on this week's episode of Operations. Also, a special shout out to DV, a regular listener of the show for making the intro to Kathleen. If you want to check out Ascender, Go check it out. It's at ascender.co, ascender.co. 
If you like what you heard today, make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, six-star reviews only. Also, make sure you're subscribed to our show so when guests like Kathleen come on, you get a new episode in your feed every other Friday. All right, that's gonna do it for me. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Today's episode is sponsored by Fullcast, your go-to-market planning platform. If you've ever spent hours or days building territory and quota plans only to have them be out of date the second the reps hit the street, you need to check out Fullcast. With Fullcast, you set intelligent rule-based policies that automate all of the time-consuming manual tasks that hit RevOps teams throughout the year. With virtually no effort, operations will always seamlessly align with your plan. Learn more about Fullcast today by visiting fullcast.io.